Woodstock, Ontario's Trevor Warner has been selected by Sports Turf Canada as the organization's Sports Turf Manager of the Year. He's worked as a sports field skilled laborer with the city since 2014 and has an extensive background in sports field management, going all the way back to his college days. It was his love of baseball that led him on the path toward his current career and which has fueled his passion for sports turf maintenance. In 2019, Trevor was named to Turf and Rec's list of the top 10 under 40, a select group of individuals from across Canada who have made a notable impact upon the professional turfgrass industry. More recently, he spearheaded a mammoth project to convert an existing soccer field in Woodstock into one that could accommodate football as its primary use. The story behind that project was featured as the cover story in our June-July issue. Trevor was featured again in our subsequent issue, August-September, this time as Canada's Sports Turf Manager of the Year. We caught up with Trevor in the summer to discuss his career in sports turf management, to learn more about his philosophy of the industry, and to get to know the individuals celebrated by Sports Turf Canada. Your lifelong passion for baseball served as the catalyst for getting you started in sports field management. How exactly did that come to be? Grew up playing down Niagara Way, down in Welland. I grew up out in countryside of, of the city of Welland. Um, was fortunate enough throughout the years of playing, ended up into a partial scholarship with a Volunteer State Community College down in Gallatin, Tennessee. Uh, I, I was playing for the Guelph Royal Junior County team at the time when I was approached and saw a coach, and he made some phone calls and there I ended up a week later down into uh, into the south. So from that, as a team or as, yeah, as a team, we worked on the field. Um, wasn't like you, you you weren't at Old Miss, you weren't at Mississippi State where they had a, you know a, a turf management course and that those kids took care of the, those students took care of the field. So we took care of it as as a team and and that's where yeah between the knack for it and just the, a bit of the pride of of how you made it look and, and learn you know learn little tidbits from the coaches and even even other teams we played against. Southern Athletic Fields is a company out of the south that is now owned by uh, Profile Products, which is Turfus yep. Conditioner. They bought they bought in there a whole year or two or three ago now, and Bill Marbot is one of the one first gentlemen that I started picking his brain while I was playing at Columbia State against Columbia State. So that led me to go back as a summer student uh, with the city of Welland for two seasons and uh, got into my second year of, of college down there and um, ended up with a comebacker shot up like a rocket, took out, popped me in the face, there's a hump in front of the mound, uh, blew out the floor of my eye, had eye surgery, had to be off the field for a bit, rush back, hurt your arm, then you have to decide, do you want to start a real life now or do you want to go on for another two years at a four-year program and, and go into debt even more? And when I had some, had some real good outings uh, and, and it, it turned into a rush back, arm didn't get right after after rushing it back after the eye surgery so I decided real life it is and kind of I kind of stayed down there as almost like an apprentice internship type thing and and I worked for Warner's Athletic uh, Field Construction Company out of, out of out of Columbia Tennessee along with Southern Athletic Fields and, and we, for those two gentlemen right there Lou Warner and Bill Marbot the start I got from them and, and, the, and the practical knowledge and the learning um, from working literally going into a, like a cow pasture and turning into a ball field to working on AAA minor league ball stadiums to high caliber university fields, a very big mix of, uh, of different levels and learning. Yeah, it just, it just rolled into um, being told, you know, sometimes you, you take a ball player and he understands the game and he understands the coaching aspect and you get few of them that understand 
on the groundskeeping side of things. And if you find a ball player on a, on, a, on a baseball field side of things, if you can find a ball player that is willing to learn and understand that, that can make one heck of a, of a groundskeeper. Mainly because you know the game, you know how it's supposed to feel, but then you also then learn how to fix and how to repair. So in my second year of, of college, like I had the starters coming to me, can you fix them out for me? Like, coach doesn't do it good enough. Can you do it for me? So I came with a knack, I guess, and just caring and kind of you go full bore on whatever you're doing. And uh, it turned into a heck of a career since the 19. And I'm, oh boy, turned 41 shortly. So 22-ish years of it. What were some of the steps along the way for you in your career? Uh, went to the Canadian Baseball League. Uh, got to move around there and do some some higher le- higher renovations for them out east, and then move back at, again back to the city of Welland, Welland Stadium. I was a head groundskeeper. Unfortunately, that plug got pulled on that league right quick. Eight weeks later, it was a shame. Uh, London had their team. To me, it was it was pretty nice to have around, and, and you're doing what you love and right in your hometown. So from that. Uh, when in the following season went to work for Marco Clay Products back in uh, April of two, 2004, um, and, and Ron was more or less doing the sales. It just it slowly that company just kept growing and growing and growing, and they've grow, grown into one heck of a heck of a company. So I uh, worked with them. Uh, Kirby then went off the road. I took over the, the crew side of, of the installs, and I worked for them until May of 2014. And that's when the transition over to the city happened. I was here as a temporary, uh, a seasonal worker for my first season. Second season going into as a seasonal worker, a full-time job um, came up internally, was passed on, went externally, and I was very fortunate enough to successfully be that candidate for that job. What have you enjoyed most about your career with the city? Myself and, and the city of, as, as a group and as a crew, like the, the equipment, to me, when it, when it comes down to from a sports field management side of things or a sports turf management side of things, having the proper tools is huge. Like I can go out and I can accomplish and, and there's lots of guys out there and men and women that can go out there and, and that are on a higher level and can accomplish a lot with the bare bones. But when you can combine good quality pieces of equipment and, and the understanding coming from management of why we do what we do on the sports field, on the sports turf manager side of things, that relationship you can't you cannot beat. There's there's guys that I know and ladies that I know that are are unbelievable out there in, in, in this pro, you know, within this province and across the country. And they don't get both sides. It just unfortunately, you know, budgetary reasons, whatever the reasons are, it and it and it hurts them. It it does because I can have fields that, you know, here in Woodstock, some are great, some are you know average. Um, but when it comes to the mowing side of things, if you can put that stripe out there and you can. You can make that field look and stand out just that little bit more. It separates you, right? And and, and for us uh, here in Woodstock, you know, to have out-of-town teams, the city Woodstock teams come in and play, you want that little bit of that wow factor. You know, it'd be nice. I mean, we're not saying everything's fantastic, tickety-boo, but um, to come in and, and see it, Way you, the, the way you see it at nighttime, this field, the way the stripe angles are in the sun, you know, this field pops. Um, it's it's just with without all those tools, and, and I guess my point to that is um, to stay here within this city is is an easy yes for me. Um, I fight for what we need on the sport field side of things, and, and if I, I can justify it and, and prove, my bosses uh, have have no problem going to bat. And, and, and when you do come through with, with building fields or reno, renoing 
a decent sized project within house and that has saved money already and they see everybody caring and focusing and, and, and you have some pride when you get to do it in house and when you have the knowledge to do that. We're sitting here at Tip O'Neill Park, which is the city's premier baseball field. Who would be the primary user of this facility? It would be Woodstock Minor Baseball. Uh, we do not have an intercounty yeah. league. Uh, we were fortunate enough, uh, some of these elite leagues uh, under, we'll call them U18 mm -hmm. uh, teams throughout Ontario. We've been like kind of a midpoint for a few of the teams where they meet halfway point instead of going all the way to London or all the way to Oakville or all the way to Peterborough type thing. They've met here and they have actually played weekend doubleheaders here along with minor ball using it too so we think it gets good use um i'm, I'm excited I, I love having the team both teams when they're both from out of town don't know what they're coming to expect and when they get here they you can kind of see they appreciate and respect it this is my only grass infield big league size ball field um so this one yes definitely gets uh the attention that i believe it deserves but you, you can take a tour through here and, and we're very fortunate with with uh, south side east and west ball fields that's more or less our minor, minor base, baseball um, what i still call mosquito and peewee now they're going with the u13 utah uh, but the between the mosquito and the peewee kids uh when they come to play uh to me we were supposed to un unfortunately with pandemic and, and this day and age had they had to postpone the the peewee canadian national championship tournament it was supposed to be here again uh, in woodstock we had it in 2018 um and this year 2021 we were supposed to have it and they're actually going to move to these two ball fields uh, for the peewee AAA level so i was real f excited about that they did pull the plug fairly early um yeah give you a bit of a letdown we did a huge irrigation system um late last fall into this spring just as a kind of hey like if they're coming we don't well, i want all the tools in that toolbox and, and water was my last one so between the, the, the dugout structure system and the backstop systems and the aprons for the, for the bleachers, um, to me, for us on the maintenance side of things, it's done, done, done right and done once. And now it's a clean setup. It's a lot easier to maintain. You, can, you look around here and this one's getting that same type of renovation in a year or so, hopefully. You can tell staffing's down a little bit. Your focus is in different areas and all of a sudden you got weeds coming up in your bleachers, right? Yeah. And, it's, and that's it across the board everywhere. It's your last thing you think of um, or, or worry about or your time's not there. Once you put concrete down, ball yeah. field went that route or ball fields go that route as they come, as they get renoed. But the football field, yeah, I know it's, uh, it's doing well. Uh, Justin's out there. Well, he's sorry, he mowed it yesterday. He came in here and mowed today for me. Um, with a guy like that, he, he did his his, uh, his turf short course this past winter time to get more of that understanding. How many sports fields do you look after? Um, between myself and the crew of guys, yeah, men and young ladies and men, close to 20, 21. When it comes, sorry, that's that's baseball fields. Yeah, it's it's nineteen or twenty one, something like that. Uh, soccer wise, our our Cowan Soccer Complex holds a good chunk of the soccer fields out there, um, and then in town we do have some minis, mini pitches, uh, bigger full size fields, and some practice sites. But you're probably into oh, yeah. It's, mid 20s on on soccer too it's down the road uh, there has been talk about a, a a true that style of a cricket pitch where it's more of that overly round shape of a huge open space of turf right now cricket does utilize in here in town just on the other side of this tree line again it's it's a decent open space for them but it's still not what i would i guess you could call a sanctioned proper I, I believe they are roundish ovally is what they shoot for when they do their inner 60 and their outer um and they also we had to reno away or 
quickly put in a pitch last year up at St. Mary's High School out Southwood. It's a football slash soccer field. Same thing. We need another home for another cricket team within Woodstock. So they're playing off of what is also we can call a multi-purpose now. But they don't have their own own cricket pitch just yet. There is talk um, out at Cowan Baseball. There's room. It all depends on what the demand pushes for harder into the next phase of that. But yeah, that's up to management council on that poll. We kind of count every time we talk about Cowan soccer. We talk about you got Cowan soccer. You got the premier pitch at Cowan soccer. You got the football field, and then you got the rest of them because mm-hmm. half of them are, are were open green space, and I we've rent we're renoing slowly once a year. Uh, the green space field so that happened last september one our own class a i would say we have um you probably say pushing between baseball and soccer and uh probably 15 lit irrigated fenced that type of deal when you and i get i don't want to ever get caught up in the category like with the category ones you're talking like on the building side of things you're talking about root zone mixes and drainage uh, and all that jazz so i don't want to get caught somebody saying well you don't have you know you don't have a bunch of sand that many sand we don't have any sand based fields technically we have one that we had, they ended up capping because it was they just couldn't the bad way back in the day they just couldn't keep up with it wrong sand wrong setup it was just was what it was mm. and we're gonna slowly fix that one too right so how would you best describe your job title i like a sports field manager but the problem is I'm not a manager. I might manage these and I might work on these, but I technically am not a manager. I'm, I'm, I'm out here, like I was I was mowing that infield this morning and had to run and clean up and come back type deal, right? So, sport field skill labor is what the title actually is. So we, so we have, we do have assistant supervisors. There is not a role, horticulture assistant supervisor, trails and forestry assistant supervisor. There isn't one for sports fields. If there was, then yeah, baby, I'd be lucky enough to grab a hold of that one. But as of right now, I, I have a we have I got a handful that report with me, we'll say, and and I just we just kind of run with that. But actual legal terms, we'll just call myself a sport field skilled laborer. Well, in respects, yes, I manage turf, right? And I, when we manage our sports fields, but when it comes to like say our park supervisor or parks manager they are in that office and running the show and and making sure everybody's got the money to spend on i understand you learned about your selection as sports turf manager of the year from sports turf canada executive director and believer but it came live during the association's virtual agm in the spring when ann was talking at 10 after 10 or quarter after 10 that was the first to my knowledge. So I, I was I was surprised, a uh, little bit speak, speechless there, just because you know it was a very 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 nice introduction of the nominee of the winner that Ann had in front of her. And uh, after I realized could actually like the very end, I'm like, I've said a few of those things before, and somebody's quoted me, and that kind of sounds like what I've heard from my you know or what I thought of this this municipality, this city. So I thought, oh boy, this this actually might be me. What are some of the challenges you typically face as a sports turf manager? Yeah, you know, Mother Nature, of course, is going to be most of our answers. On the how do you, the environmental side of things, you always you're always cautious, of course. You know, I love the environment just like anybody else. Um, there's certain things I wish we could still do, um, <clears throat> but I, I would say number one, Mother Nature. These last two years, I can't you can't really say schedules in respects to like this field typically is every day, and the last year and a bit. It's hard to, you can't blame anything on, on your scheduling issues because they didn't really play that much. But on, on a typical year, trying to plan things that 
take longer than an eight-hour workday is always kind of a tough deal when it comes to sports fields. Uh, mowing, of course, is you know Mother Nature steps in, but we're we're great here. Where throughout the few years that I've been here with the, with the contour style mowers, we have a good amount of guys trained. So seven days a week, these fields potentially we can make time and get get these things cut if it's every other day, if it's every two days, if it's every day sometimes. Uh, so we've worked through those original, I'll say, issues. But when it comes into edging out an infield, like I was able to quick edge this one, it needed a, just a bit of a haircut. And I worked Sunday to Thursday for six months of the year, and then I'm Monday to Friday for six months of the year. So it was quiet yesterday. I was able to get that done. And that was nice. It's peaceful. You bust your butt, you get it done, cleans up. And, and, and we, there was, there's possible games coming right after the 30th onto this field. So I wanted to, it needed it. So on a normal season though, if you're trying to edge something out or if you're trying to do a, a quick reno to a, to a warning track, unfortunately you, you do it because you need to, but you hate doing the band-aid fixes. And what I mean by that is when, when, when you go into edge a warning track or edge, a, edge an infield out, like I like taking that sod cutter and putting that thing as deep as you possibly can. That way you have a fighting chance those weeds aren't coming back in a three weeks a month type thing, right? And when you band-aid them, you're literally going in at like a half inch just to make it look good, knowing darn well in two weeks if we don't constantly drag and drag and drag and rake and rake and rake, those things are gonna work those ugly faces back up again. And those 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 types of things happen, of course, when you're in season where you, you know, if, if, if we have most fields going seven days a week, six days a week, you don't have the time to be able to shut it down for a, for a full night, next day, finish up, off you go. I would say the scheduling on a normal year is always a tough one because you, your focus on something is to get it right and, and get it done. And the schedule, because of the play on the field, which is the only reason you're here, so you deal with it, that, what, that to me is, is the hardest thing. How did COVID affect your work routine? Well, COVID at the beginning, of course, was scary, and you're not sure what the heck's going on, and you're not sure what you're going to be allowed to do or what you should be doing. Um, we did have a little bit reluctancy on the amount that I would normally do to a sports field, um, just because there was a lot of people that were not able to work. So we didn't we didn't want to force that to show. Look at look at our you know look at what we're doing, and you can't because you're at home and you can't go to work. So there was a bit of a lot of my fields didn't get fertilized. Uh, a lot of, they didn't get the food they needed. You worked in a little bit, but you didn't want to be out there mowing every other day. Like we we lay, we uh, lifted our mower deck heights up on the sport field side of things, just to not have to mow as much, so you weren't getting the local neighbors in around whatever park it was uh, saying what what are you doing? They're not playing. They, well, the turf the the turf grass does not know that COVID's happening. So you still need to do certain things. Right. And one thing that I did stress um, was please, 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 we we need to drag these fields at least once, twice a week. Like, I don't care if they're not playing on them. I don't care if they're not gonna play on them all season. You don't wanna go into huge renovation projects on 20 infields across the, the city because we just didn't drag, because we were worried that someone's gonna be upset that we're working and they're not. And you gotta, you gotta, you definitely have to be compassionate, but you need to find that line to either, if they do approach you, explain, hey, without, if you don't want us to have to drop a bunch of money into this field, if we just take the 15, 20 minutes twice a week and groom, we're not gonna have the weeds come up. So we're not gonna have to go in and suck up. We're not gonna have to bring in a bunch of new material. 
and that's the way we had to approach it. That being said, it was also easier to start into an, another renovation project, let's say a little earlier. Um, and then that put on the back burner certain, you know, yes, you was your weekly, bi-weekly grooming uh, to stay on top of the ball field side of things and your slow pitch fields. And we never just said, forget it, we're not mowing. We, we were still, it was only twice a week or possibly three times a week paying the field. Um, but then that freed a few of us up to then start with a project with the soccer field complex and other other projects that you can easily talk yourself into pulling off. Well, this it doesn't need to be edged today because they're not playing on it. Like, let's just grass grow and wedge it once in the late fall. So you you learn to even though you don't like seeing it that way you got to you got to you, you roll with the punches and you get yourself focused on something else that needs to be done for the following season where certain things can can wait till even the fall and just clean it up then type deal covid restrictions have loosened up of late what has this allowed you to do well my fertilizer got out so we didn't fall behind the eight ball on that deal uh, i got my first two doses out to them when they when it was needed We've backed off on the water a little bit. There's nothing wrong with stressing the grass out a little bit to make it stronger. Um, so we have backed off like my infield normally. I usually spoon feed this infield so it's a very, very dark, dark green. So when it's striped, it looks like it's painted. Um, different, Two different greens type deal. So I have backed off that extra spoon feed dose. I just kind of give it whatever what the outfield gets and what the soccer fields get. I should have maybe dosed it on Thursday so it would have looked fantastic first thing today. But usually what happens, I just, I, when I spoon feed it, it, it draws it out, that darkness a little bit better. Um, but anyway, I I don't know if we're gonna get into anything new. What we have been doing is I, we have been, I've been training more for myself and, and other, other fellow workers. We've been training younger staff to do more. Um, because we have the time, like you have the time to like teach a little bit more than I said I would have in the past, right? We got, I got another young lady that just uh, started last week. Um, she's been helping horticulture, but she's gonna kind of stay with the sport field side of things. So Justin's over her, over with her right now, going over a thorough, this is how these contour outfield mowers work. So we don't have to stress out about, we got two warning tracks that need to get filled up with red, red clay tomorrow. So I need someone like her to be on a mower so I can keep my, the, the normal guys I use to top dress and run a tractor, we need them on that, not halfway through the day, crap, he's got to go get these soccer fields mowed or this ball field mowed. So that's where utilizing people in different aspects than I would have in the past, I think it's kind of opened my eyes to that. Having multiples of, of people knowledge with knowledge that I can say, you, you need to mow today, Wednesday and Friday, and you're going to stay on grooming and you're going to come help paint on Thursday. Um, even though I'm not a manager, but that's that's how that that's what we do here, so it works. I know there are no artificial turf fields under your care, but what are your thoughts about artificial turf? If if these schools and and municipalities, and I mean I'm not knocking anybody because they they serve their purpose in the north. I get it, the whole rain deal and all that jazz. But if if you look at the cost of an artificial turf field, besides the point of lights. You look at the cost of that field. If you took half of that and built a category one football field or soccer field, and then you took the other half and divided that over the next 10 year span of that life, or let's give them 13 years of life of that field. And you could say you have $40,000 for that one field every season. There's a lot of us out in this, in this province that could do one heck of a good job with that one field, with that budget for that one field. So I keep saying that here because I believe in that and we have purchased proper equipment 
to make those things happen. For me, be able to deep time aerate with a with a, a mechanical aerator to, I can go shallow, I can go deep, I can go big, I can go cores, I can go solid, doesn't matter, but I have the unit to do all that with. And then we buy other equipment to be able to, say, suck off all the cores before I top dress new sand onto it to get sand into the profile. So they have bought, and I'm not trying to sound like a salesman, the city of Woodstock, because what we have been producing, have bought into it and understand, I, I can, I've been called pushy before. I, I call it more, I don't give up and I push enough to get the point across and if the money is there and the reasoning behind it's there they they come through for us and, and we get what we need to to keep these fields proper and safe and not you know not when i when we build in-house i have on the compacted side of fields but my grade doesn't change so i now have, i have the piece of equipment to be able to relieve that compaction down the road and right after the fact and then i don't have a field that is what I call whoop-de-whoops in it because every, that topsoil has settled, settled differently because it was not compacted properly. So I that long, long rant there is I'm not a big fan of artificial turf fields because I think we, we as a crew or and as a whole across Canada, like you put sports field managers in, in charge and actually can give them a budget for a natural grass field, you can do a lot with that money. And you can do a lot to that field to keep it right and to work hard at it and not just be like, well, yeah, you have... You have 40000 to spend on 20 fields where it should be, if you're going to build an artificial, you, you give me 40000 a year for that one field and I'm going to make you a really nice field and keep it that way. Are there any new projects for you that are on the go or perhaps on the horizon? We're renoing uh, two more soccer fields to the west of the football field. I, or myself, along with the guys, renoed the furthest west corner field away from the, away from the football field, renoed the corner of Highway 59 and County Road 17. Um, it was one of those deals where green space nets fit, and to me, that's not a true soccer field. So we ended up lifting four and a half feet in the corner. Get that field to actually have a centerline plane and fall out nicely with a, with a 1% fall side to side. There was a there was a number of triaxles into that site. Um, but it's pick a grade, fix the fence afterwards, and make this field right. Because there's no point in building them. If you're going to rent a why not do it right? Dealing with like four, four to 5,000 yards and tons of material that has okay. been moved around so the next phase is the two soccer fields that are left in between the newest little soccer field and the football field we're shooting for august 1st shutdown of the site and get it ripped ripped apart and uh as soon as, we, as quick as we can get the topsoil off and the, and the stockpile it for my screening guy to come in we, there's a lot of subsoil work to be done subsoil grading because um, it's just like there's, I got one spot, 17 feet, it falls 34 inches, and they've been playing on this thing. What is the time frame for opening of these soccer fields? The field uh, that I did, that we did last September, it, it was seated the 21st, 24th of September. It would have been playable. It was a little, we got real dry there in May, so I was like, ooh, if you can give me a month, let's leave it and let it get. Yeah. Uh, you couldn't see my lines, and all of a sudden you could see the so line, like the way I grew the grass in it. Also, you can start seeing those again. I'm like, ooh, I got to get more on this field to get it healthier. So it would have been ready. It's it's being painted this Friday, so it is good to go. Um, so that all being said, we we're shooting for the two soccer fields to be rebuilt and seeded for this September, and weather permitting and the way things are going, it's they're not irrigated. Um, but hopefully that will be ready for play May, June. Where would you say you've left your biggest mark with the city? I mean, I would love to say that football field to me was with with the crew of guys working on it and people working on it. 
I think that was probably the biggest in respects for the city of an undertaking of, of the size of the project. Like, this is nothing, really. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? This is a whippy, drip it, redo it, you know, type yeah. thing. So I, I guess you could say the football field, renovation-wise, or, or sorry, new build of that. Because it's, yeah, anywhere you go, that would be a big project for anybody. So probably that one. What advice would you offer to young people interested in entering this profession? Understand the pr- uh, practical experience of a, of a job like this, in my opinion, is almost almost as big as, as educational side of things. Understanding that it's not just a landscape job. Understand that you need to, when you want to be specific to sports fields, you need, you need to have that passion. Need to you need to care like there's a lot of guys out there like I'm, I'm good buddies with joe breeden up there and like you don't do what that guy does if you don't enjoy it if you don't love it and and I'm, i guess i don't want to speak for everybody out there but for the most part you gotta you're a little different you gotta care so to understand it you know do a co-op somewhere right do a do like an internship if 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 your normal city or your local cities allow that or or are open to that do something like that to get a taste of it first to get an understanding of it first right i can bring in students here and, and i can have them help me clean the warning track and do this and that and they don't really get it. but when i put a new student on a mower and i said, don't screw this up and this is what i need you to do and they do screw up i don't know what they're gonna screw up and you yeah. you go talk to them and say this is this is this is what you did here this is what you need to work on here and to have the remorse when you do screw something up because this stuff's permanent right in respects you start hacking up that infield grass or you start wind rowing and plowing up that infield clay i mean like we got equipment here to be able to fix that pretty quick which is nice but you got to understand the concept and the and, and the, the practicality behind working a clay infield or or mowing on a soccer field or, or painting a soccer field or painting outfield lines i've walked on fields where i shake my dang head and you and instead of i cannot believe i just screwed that up they go <laughs> And they walk away. That to them is just a summer job. This to me, in in my opinion, in my career of what I've done and where I've been, this is not just a job. This is a career. This is a passion. Um, and lots of guys here think I'm nuts. But that's how you have to approach it. And I, and I mean, you should approach any job you're going to have in life that way, in my opinion. You go headstrong and, and work hard at it. But to come in to say, oh, yeah, I think that'd be a fun summer job. It's It's not a summer job. Because you have a guy or a girl at the other end, like me, chewing your head off because you just drug up into their inf- into their brand new, freshly edged infield edges or warning track edges or out back edge of the infield, and they're losing their mind on you, and you, they don't have no no idea why. Like whatever, no big deal. So I have everybody that works with this side of things. They all edge warning tracks with me at least once or twice a year, so they know this is what happens if you screw them up. So don't screw them up. There's a lot of work. It's not just a, if you do it, oops, and you get out and sweep it, sweep the clay off, that's all good. Stuff happens. But when you just constantly drag and don't care, and you're going 100 mile an hour and you can't see where you are and you're throwing stuff into the back edge of a softball field and, and then, okay, well, now you gotta fix it. It's not my problem. I think it's the passion, and, and that's a really long-winded answer. I don't know how to answer some of those properly for you. That was Trevor Warner, Canada's Sports Turf Manager of the Year for 2021. Congratulations, Trevor. Be sure to frequently visit our website at www.turfandrec.com to learn about future podcasts.